Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Educated Spending. I'm your host, Katie Rourke, and I'm joined this week by my husband, Dan, and my colleague, Bianca. We talk about spending on hobbies and how to manage that. So today we're going to talk about hobby spending, and I'm here with Dan, my husband, and Bianca, who has uh, both who have both been on the podcast quite a few times at this point. We're back. <laughs> they couldn't keep us away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get right into it. Um, I have a lot of hobbies. To I talk know. About. I know. Where do we even begin? Maybe let's start with talking about our hobbies because I was originally talking about this with some of my students that I didn't think I had any hobbies that cost money. And then I changed my mind once I started listing my hobbies. So I would say my hobbies are cooking, which can get very expensive. I don't think we always think about that. Um, especially if you're making like some random meal where you have to buy a thousand things. Um, and then, of course, ballet, but I feel like that's more of a job. It's very expensive, so I don't know where that falls. Most of the things I do make me money, but when I look at my spending, I don't know. Anyways, I would say those are my two big hobbies. And then running, I guess, that's also a hobby, which gets really expensive because then you have to sign up for, like, a race. Yeah. Shoes. Shoot. See? So those are my three hobbies. Yeah, a lot of your hobbies involve shoes, buying shoes. Well, <laughs> I think that's also another that's separate another hobby. Episode. <laughs> another separate hobby of just shoes. buying shoes. Buying shoes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Dan, what are your hobbies? Hobbies. Um, so I'll start off saying that um I was raised by a serial hobbyist. Um, my father is like an extreme hobbyist he finds a hobby and he goes completely into it um growing up uh pokemon cards were a big thing so i used to do that with with my dad and then my dad bought all the first edition of pokemon cards and had the whole thing um also growing up uh, me and my friends were like oh let's you know get into uh, airsoft guns so we got this plastic airsoft gun at the flea market my dad went on ebay and got a co2 blowback uh, airsoft gun and then my dad more recently in life got into um, board games and then he had over 600 board games um, so I am probably not as a serial hobbyist as my father. That's how kind of like, I think, but I do have a lot, I do get my, my intense hobby. I'll go on streaks of like, oh, I'm getting real into, I think that's also a problem with serial hobbyists, which I don't <laughs> think is an uncommon thing to be like, we all get into things and then get out of them. But if you're investing a bunch of money in a hobby, that's only going to last like but we can six to eight months. Yeah, we'll we can go, we can it, go a little but, bit into it, but also having things that are worth value and how to, um, how you can retain value and um, we'll, we'll get more into that. Later. Like video games, so you can be into video games and like That's for an the expensive hobby. But for for the Switch, if you have the hard copy of the game, you can sell that and get back money that you invested. Rather than if you do um, the online version and the, the digital version, you can't resell that to retain. Um, yeah, but some games are not going to retain value. No, but you can, if you have the digital uh, version, you can't get anything back. If you have the hard 
copy you can at least get something back and put that into your next into your accent okay yeah. let's, let's but yeah we'll, we'll yeah okay. we'll go into the, that further um but as far as hobbies um i guess yeah i'm not i wouldn't say i'm huge into video games but i'll, I'll dabble in video games i'll play board games um i disc golf, disc golf. I, um I, I got real into that in the during the pandemic um ball golf um i'll play oh, like regular golf, golf. yeah no, well, di- disc ball golf. well you have disc golf <laughs> and then you have ball thank golf. you for specifying um <laughs> i'll do that i'll i guess running is more of a job but also kind of a uh, hobby kind of a hobby a cycling i like cycling um and that can get that can get expensive um i tried to pick up the harmonica for a little bit um and then I that, that could, was fun for you katie that could, yeah that's why that kind of went to the yeah, side no, i wasn't into that hobby yeah, not the, very expensive but very annoying during the pandemic playing the harmonica in a 600 square foot condo um i think got real old real quick it was a true test of our marriage honestly um that um i would like to get into photography uh, you're that not getting a, a camera i that's that's <laughs> the next thing that i'm starting to look at um but yeah, and I have a lot, I guess, anything other other hobbies that I have? I'm sure more will come up, but that's a, a significant list. Yeah. Uh, bread a lot making. Of hobbies. Plants. Plants, bonsai, my, my bonsai <laughs> tree. But um, he's not a serial hobbyist, people. Um, also, I would consider um, beer as a, oh, as a that, hobby. Yeah, I guess that's a hobby in some, yeah, the way yeah. that you do it. Yeah, I like collect and I try, <laughs> try different ones um oh um, alcohol like mixology yeah that's a that's a really expensive hobby yes and uh hobby yeah tiki drinks and trying to do um tea tea Tea? i i just got (laughs) yeah i guess i have a lot of hobbies um and things i enjoy Uh, but yeah tea i was trying to be more knowledgeable in, in the tea world and i didn't drink caffeinated beverages or warm beverages before and this past well since we did for Christmas. You got me that tea thing. So it's my fault. Uh, yeah. And now I'm, <laughs> now I'm like fully in tea. I need to have one every day and try different things. And but yeah. So those are some of my hobbies. Um, I guess a lot yeah. of hobbies and things I enjoy. But Bianca, your turn. Um, so my hobby is so I as we've both we've all kind of touched on I guess I feel like I'm stuck in the millennial thing of turning my hobby into um income somehow um because I also one of my hobbies is embroidery but it's also a business that I have so it's um can get really expensive I mean it's not that like the tools themselves are expensive it's more like the frequency with which you're buying it and then there's just like things you can get to make it easier that aren't necessarily like you don't have to have them but it'd be nice if you did and um Mm -hmm. so you know I start accumulating all those accessories um I think accessories are what make hobbies expensive um so I've got yeah embroidery um bike riding running like those are also because you need like shoes for the activity and then you need like for bike parts and upkeep that if you don't know how to work on your own bike can get really expensive really quickly too mm-hmm. um kind of like art and craft supplies i like to make things and all of that can get really expensive really quickly um i feel like past hobbies that i had that 
ultimately were just like a waste of money, like roller derby. I did roller derby for like <laughs> a hot minute, skates and pads and all the stuff. And then I was like, oh, I can see you just like kicking butts and taking names. Like I definitely would have, if I were good at skating, I would have been good at the sport. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's a big part in the roller derby, huh? Yeah, it's hard to do just the derby part. Um, yeah, that was an expensive hobby that didn't really go anywhere. Uh, when I was drinking, that was a uh, you know making like batches of stuff at home or like uh, that kind of stuff got expensive too. Buying like weird fruits to make syrups, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of that. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. There was roller derby boxing. Boxing is one that I've come in and out of for years, and buying all the like hand wraps, and then if you have to pay a gym membership, and then you have to do yeah. shoes for that, and um, really any excuse for me to like get an outfit for an occasion, hey, I'll try it once. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you would consider makeup a hobby, but kind of. Okay, yeah, makeup, hair <laughs> stuff too. Yeah, dead to rights. Because so right now I am getting a lot of free products because I now work at Sephora. Um, and so we get, they call it training product. Um, so we get things that we get to try, like new products that are coming out. And that's been really nice and has actually saved me a lot of money and allowed me to expand my um my inventory quite a bit (laughs) and even just like a few short months I started working there in I'll say the beginning of November so it's been four months Mm -hmm. and I already have got like more makeup than I know what to do with at the moment but I know it'll serve me well when I eventually start doing services and like um doing uh just like by services, I mean doing makeup and hair for folks, like doing stylist gigs. It'll all come in handy. Um, but before I worked here, I was always, or before I worked at Sephora, I was like trying to buy like the knockoff stuff for cheaper, which in the end, I would always like justify it by being like, well, I can buy more and try different stuff. But it like wasn't always great. And then it would just be a waste because it was like, I'm not going to put this on my face again. <laughs> right. Right. So I think that's something that's yeah. hard in general it's a good point is to think that you're saving money by buying something that is the cheaper version of what you really want or need. And then either it doesn't last as long or it's not a good quality. And then you end up having to buy it five times and it's more than the one would have been had you just splurged on that in the first place. But I think the hard thing with hobbies, like we all said, Hobbies are something that I think a lot of, especially the like millennial culture is like, oh, I can make this a job or like a side gig or whatever it is. And then also there are things that you start and invest some money in whatever that looks like and then it fizzles. And so how do you determine what is actually realistic for making into like a money making scheme or what is something that you're going to stick with? I don't know the answer. I think the biggest thing on on hobbies and the first thing to start off is it's um it's, it all boils down to budgeting is things you spend on hobbies should not take away from the things you need so you shouldn't be spending money on 
um, rent or, you know, food or based on like, oh, you shouldn't be able, you know, to buy a, a video game or, you know, something that you want versus something you need. Uh, yeah, so so this about, I guess as long as it fits in, it, as long as you're living within your means or below your means, you can do whatever you want. I think sometimes that's where hobbies get can get dangerous is where people don't know when to stop or when like, oh, well, I want this to get to the next level. So like, I need the better value. I need that. And then get wrapped up in it. And then like, oh, crap, I need this money for other things. I don't necessarily need it for this. So this should be extra money, not money that you need thing and kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, income that you... Um, disposable income there we go disposable income yeah i think i talked about this in the episode where we uh bianca we talked about um subscription boxes and i was looking on like the the ipsy instagram and someone was freaking out because they charged them a day early and they overdrafted their account and the ipsy box is like i don't know ten dollars a month and the first thing i thought was if ipsy is overdrafting your account because they took it one day early you can't afford ipsy yeah yeah so i think that's that is a really good and important point is like whatever you're spending this money on ipsy is a makeup subscription yes, box sorry. for those that don't know oh yeah. oh yeah right makeup subscription box ten dollars monthly um or something along those lines Blame. it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> relatively inexpensive sorry i made an assumption um probably shouldn't have made that assumption about our audience I don't think most people would know. But anyways, I digress. Um, yeah, I guess it's a good point. You, we can't, in any, anything you do when it comes to spending money, you have to make a sacrifice somewhere. So it's wherever you're willing to make a sacrifice. And if right now you're really into whatever it is, disc golf, and you're spending some of your disposable income on discs, even though maybe it's not going to be a forever long hobby, it is giving you joy at the time and you have the money to spend on it. So it's okay. But I think it's also important to know when to stop. It's kind of like gambling in some ways, because you can go so deep into this and you can get obsessed and like need the new and the best. Like when you were going on like at like a specific time to buy a disc because it was being released and like going crazy to get it. And then they were, people were selling it online for like millions of dollars. Not millions of dollars. Hundreds later. That was like kind of becoming a little bit of an obsession. No, that was exciting. And I, <laughs> um, I didn't need it, but I could get it. And then I thought that was good value with that. So that was when I could get or where I knew I could get value. And I actually traded that for uh, that one disc. And then I get three other discs. So I that were worth more money. So for me, that there was actually better value doing that because it was a limited time sensitive thing. I was like, okay, I can get this one disc and then trade it to someone else who needs it um, rather than get three other discs that are worth more money. So there was a value way of why I'm like, okay, I can get this and it's relatively cheap for what the, you know, it's all supply. Yeah. Supply and demand. There was more demand than there were supply. So I could you've not get more money or get more value from other discs by trading it. So I was like, okay, I can do that. So that's where I guess my um, nature of being a little bit more frugal, I was like, okay, I can do this rather than like, I can buy the three discs or I can just trade this or I could keep this and buy three more. But I was like, okay. Well, here's I the could- other thing though. 
they do this limited edition release for people like you and other people who are into disc golf and they make it feel like it's exclusive and it, I guess it is exclusive, but it makes you want it more. And so if you're buying a disc that you never would have bought if it wasn't like this. You have to go on at five o'clock p.m. and, and put it all in your yeah. cart within 30 seconds. That's also part of the fun of it. Right. But that's like addicting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part of their their marketing plan. You know, that's like makeup artists will do the same thing with like um, exclusive eyeshadow palettes. And it's like, well, you're never going to get to see this shade again. I mean, I see it in at Sephora all the time where there will be like something's getting discontinued and all of a sudden you just see like the price on it plummet. And mm -hmm. or like we get information about hard launches for new either like Rihanna had um, these like bullet lipsticks coming out that you mm -hmm. can like they cloak it in like sustainability because they're like, oh, you just buy the travel case for it and then you just switch out the lipstick refills so you always have mm -hmm. the case and all you have to do is buy the refills the refills aren't that expensive but initially you have to drop the money on the case and then you know there's all this like confidentiality surrounding it like I am talking about it freely because it's weeks past the launch date but you know like had this been like before the launch date I could get in a lot of trouble it's just it's all like part of building up the excitement and getting people to be like, okay, well, I need to get this shade in this other format because it's like the new fun, cool thing. But like, you've probably got a lipstick that's very close to that shade that would mm -hmm. do the exact same thing. Or, right. you know, a disc that would go just as far and, um, you know, be just as throwable. I don't know the descriptors <laughs> for discs in the yeah, disc yeah. golf setting but you know um it's yeah it all kind of is the same model it feels like yeah it's all it's kind of want versus needs i know the kind of when you're saying that that came to mind is like like sneaker heads people who are really into like sneakers and different models and you can spend a lot of money on that yeah and it's like okay do you really need that 500 shoe like oh well you could resell it and it's like well you're never actually sure what the demand is either right. some some people can you know if you know how to work that market can do it um but that's, right. that's we have no idea fun. There was that like sneaker convention at Heinz a few like uh last two months ago maybe I don't know if y'all know about it but in there was a sneaker convention at Heinz and I know about it because I was working at the Sephora in the Prudential Center that day mm -hmm. and people had their little carts with their shoes and they're all lined up and like yeah that for some people that was probably their income for the month was like taking these shoes that they're gonna like resell maybe trade for other shoes and like they there's like a system of value for just owning this, like they're like assets. Like who's that? Oh, Drake. Drake has like hundreds of thousands of dollars in a per in purses, like under the guise that it's like his future wife's purse collection. But I mm -hmm. also feel like it's just a way of like having assets like in diversified forms. Like if he's got a Birkin bag, he could have like anywhere from, Twenty to a hundred thousand dollars that he invested in this purse that will only appreciate because they're so limited and so well made and all that other stuff. It's um, mm -hmm. it really is wild when you start looking at like people who do like designer items and luxury items as hobbies. Ooh, crazy, crazy. Sorry, we don't say crazy anymore. Wild. It's very wild. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend who. Um... You know, he would buy a lot of either designer clothes or art or uh, different 
assets like that. And he's like, oh, well, they, they're worth money. And he knows what he's doing with that. The problem with that is he was using all of his money to buy these, um, you know, art or clothes or things that he could eventually resell, but he wasn't actually saving any money. Um, he was like, I, you know, he, you know, make a good, um, salary, but he was spending on this. He was just like, all right, if you just change a couple of things, he's like, I have, I can't buy what I want. Like if you're trying to buy a house or, um, a car or one of these bigger item things, he's like, I don't have the, the money saved up to do that because I'm buying these other things that retain value, but I don't have, you know, the liquid, uh, assets. Um, so trying to manage that a little bit is, um, is an interesting topic as well. Well, and you had the conversation with him about this and said, why don't you just automatically have some of your money put into savings? Would you spend it? And he said, no. And after doing that for a year, he saved a significant chunk of money because he just was buying a little bit less. He was still buying the Mm -hmm. hobby stuff or the, um, clothing and shoes and, art, but he was just buying a little bit less because he didn't have quite as much money going directly into his checking account. And so it's not something he noticed. He was like, yeah, I didn't notice. Right. (laughs) Didn't notice the difference, but, um, that's an important thing because it is so easy to just spend all of your money. (laughs) Kind of going back to like, I'm so glad that you mentioned like makeup as like kind of one of my hobbies because I, it's one of those things that I don't think about when I spend money on it necessarily, you know, especially like skincare stuff. I've slowly been like amassing the perfect skincare collection of like items, but it's like, I'm spending like around $30 a week. And it's like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when, and you know, I know I'll get to a point where I'm like, okay, I have all the things I need. I don't Mm -hmm. need to buy anything else. Oh, but then a new product comes out. And guess who needs to try it? <laughs> right. What if that's the perfect one? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it uh, it can get dangerous quickly. I think the thing that helps me have limits is is just exactly you know kind of the tips that y'all have already been giving. Where um, I always have um, some of my check go into savings so that I don't mm-hmm. even think about it and don't touch it. And I um, try to keep track of like, okay, this is I've grown this much in the last few weeks. I'm not going to let it get below that number again if I have to like transfer stuff over. Like I know where my stopping point is, but that takes a lot of discipline. It's taken me years to like <laughs> to figure it out. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like it can turn into one of those things where you're like, oh, it's like 25, 30 bucks a week. You don't really feel it necessarily, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big old dum dum. So if I hide money from myself like a squirrel, I'll kind of forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then right. I'm like, oh look, all this money, nice. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the idea of the like, you know, automatic transfer to savings is like you are just hiding it from yourself. If you don't physically see it in your checking account, you don't feel like you have it to spend. But if it's in there, you're gonna spend it. So to do before I um was you know operating like a grown-up I and like using my accounts I would do the envelope method mm-hmm. um which is really helpful when you're especially if you um deal with liquid cash a lot like you're a server or um any anybody who makes tips um 
I, I would kind of like get, I would estimate how much I was going to make that month based on how many hours I was working or, you know, what the trends have been like, what tips have looked like. And then each little envelope once had a little number written on it. And once that envelope got to that number, that, that money was spoken for, whatever was left over was money I could spend on my silly little hobbies. Or um, when I first moved here, going to the bookstore was one of my hobbies because I didn't have like um, friends. So I read a lot. <laughs> I, but I knew like, okay, Thursday's my day off and I have like 25 extra bucks this week. I'm going to go to the bookstore and there's a book that I've had my eye on and I'm going to get that for myself and it's going to be nice, you know, mm-hmm. or um, sometimes I would even have an envelope that was like for the coffee and book fund. And, you know, for a rainy day, I, ha- I knew I had that money there to give myself a little treat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um, I didn't think of that hobby of mine. I, I am a reader. I was late for this recording because I was at the library actually. Um, and that's what I, when I first moved to Boston as well, there was a very cute bookstore around the corner and I would go and I'd go in the used book section. And I was like, oh, I'm saving money because I'm buying books used and um, whatever. I was justifying it that way. And then someone was like, why don't you just get a library card? And I was like, why don't I? And now I very rarely, if ever buy books, um, that one they didn't have at the library. <laughs> Dana's is gesturing to an Amazon package that just arrived with a book in it. Um, <laughs> um, but I do like to read, like I will read probably close to a book a week. I would say I, I average probably three books a month. And so that's money that I don't have to spend on that hobby if I can find it at the library. Sometimes it's a pain. Sometimes I have to wait for a book I want or like really plan what I'm going to read. But if I want to read at the rate that I like to read and I don't necessarily, I also don't have space to keep all the books. So, and I'm not one who reads books multiple times, generally speaking. So um, that's a good way to do a hobby free for free. I think there's a lot of ways to, you can do hobbies and do things at a cheaper level. You just have to kind of look a little bit further into it. So that's a good example of, um, you know, going to the library instead of buying books. Um, you know, you can try if, you know, you instead of buying things new, you can buy things used. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at things like Craigslist or Macari or other uh, things that, um, you know, flea markets, other kind of ways that you can buy used items or um, a little bit cheaper platform or eBay or... Well, I think also with hobbies, because they are so fluid for many people there are there is often a mark a used market like I know for back to disc golf there's always a used disc section at the disc golf stores of like discs yeah. that people there, use. a lot of like play it against sports or any um sports equipment you can go to play it against sport uh or you know golf clubs golf clubs are expensive you yeah. go golf clubs and like ball you get, golf yeah if uh <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think that's funny. That's, but yeah, like <laughs> you get um, golf clubs. If you get them brand new, they're you know thousands of dollars. And then, like for my, for example, my dad had a. Um, Speaking of the serial hobbyist, yeah, he had golf clubs that he had from probably the nineties. They were you know Cleveland irons, top of the line. When he got them, he tra- went to go trade them in. They were like 
he probably spent hundreds of dollars on it, that, I mean, over a thousand dollars when he got them, and in, in the nineties, and they went to go trade them, in, and they're like, "Those are worth fifteen. We'll give you fifteen bucks for them." And he's like, oh, "I will keep cool. them then, yeah, <laughs> um, because technology like that is that's something with the value. Um, since talk, new technology comes out, um, it loses value quickly, like depreciates, yeah, right." Um, golf clubs still work like you're still gonna hit the ball well you know and if you're you know a duffer like i am uh, golf club's a golf club like if i get the, the fancy new technology a thousand dollar clubs still i'm still gonna suck yeah i'm still gonna i'm still gonna miss the ball and not hit it so uh, how much how much more more expensive golf club is gonna help me in the long run probably not that much so i can get the you know less fancy less technology um, yeah. And that's not something that, you know, you can buy and have like, oh, well, this is going to retain value. It won't. And then the next year, the new set of clubs comes out and you just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think the other thing with, like you were saying about the skincare, Bianca, there's like that initial investment. And I think a lot of times in our mind, that's like, oh, so I'm just going to spend like whatever, a couple hundred dollars or to get me off the ground. But then as you get more into it and like more, learn more as we do with a hobby, then you start to want more. And it's not necessarily just that initial investment that you were maybe budgeting for, which is the dangerous part. Definitely true. See mm-hmm. that I try not to get into accessories or anything. I try to do the bare minimum. Like, what can I do? To, you don't like to spend money though i don't like to spend money. i don't think you're the norm i know but like that's like if like I, but i want to do hobbies so i'm like what can i do i'm like like for example I'm, i know you don't like this but i'm looking at cameras and it was like all right if i want to get a nice you know canon or um nikon i you know i've been looking and like all right what do i need do some do my research i think that's the big thing too is doing research on your hobbies and trying to figure out rather than just be like this is what i want i'm going after it now um right do i need the most expensive yeah and it's like so when i was looking at cameras like okay this is the new technology this is the old technology these are different price points this is the difference in um you know the styles or what has changed over the years how much cheaper is it and it's like well that's the cheapest but i probably don't want the cheapest i kind of but i can get away with this for what i'm doing um and there's different things and kind of so i think research in any hobby goes a long way when you're trying to make a big purchase too and where you can kind of rather just um you know sporadically being like this is what i want i'm going for it yeah. that's not always the um the best route and kind of do your research before you spend your money right because that's the worst thing is you buy something you're like oh this is the wrong thing i didn't want to do this or i could have gotten um you know a hundred dollars cheaper if i just did my research and knew what i was looking for beforehand so rather than jumping into things do your research and take your time. I think that's always a good way um, when spending money and especially it's like chances are somebody else has tried it and Mm -hmm. you know, can you can learn from the benefit of their experience. There's probably a Reddit page about it. Yeah. About it. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. We live in the world with so much. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's going to try something and make a video and tell us everything that they like and don't like about it before we have to do that. Um, I mean, going back to like, um, well, I wanted to say something when you mentioned the library, your library (laughs) card can also get you access to other hobbies that you might have. Like I love going to museums and Mm -hmm. a friend of mine 
has who has a Boston Library card got us passes for the Science Museum. So we like spent the day at the Science Museum and it was really fun. Um, and I always forget that your library card can give you access to stuff like that. I mean, we talk, we've talked about it before in the context of like your student ID and mm -hmm. how that can get you discounts across the city, but having a library card opens more than just the library for you. So it's like something to think about. Also, you can rent like <clears throat> DVDs and video games at the library too, I think. Yeah. So if there's like, if you're a gamer and you like want to get into other games, much like you were saying, there might be not or they might not have exactly what you're looking for but you can usually ask the library to order stuff too yeah i so. use my library card for um i say not audiobooks but uh through my phone as an app and just download it and we have to go to the library right right there are so many things that's such a good point bianca because i was even thinking like when i was leaving the library i noticed there was a sign that was like free yoga whatever wednesday mornings and i was like oh I could just come to the library and get free yoga with, like instead of spending $25 on a class or whatever I normally would do. It's like lots of stuff like that that you don't Offer, think about. By my grandma's house, I remember she was really excited because she was taking a knitting class at the mm -hmm. library. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. There's, I know that they do little art classes at the library too. There's all kinds of ways to to kind of like feed your hobby, you just research, like Dan was saying, is so important. Um, just get on the internet, man, they got all kinds of stuff there. But um, if you look in your community and see like what your community centers are offering and stuff like that, chances are you can find um, ways to try things and also a community to be part of. Cause I feel like a big part of these hobbies mm -hmm. is, is finding people too. Um, I, through, I mean, doing improv, when I first started doing improv in Boston, um, for those of you that don't know, I'm an improv and like comedic performer in the city. Um, but when I first started doing improv, I had to pay for the classes, you know, and I was on a barista budget and um, <laughs> at the time, and it was great alliteration. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> the classes paid off and <laughs> now she's a star. Um, and so now I'm a superstar, um, but it was definitely a huge uh, economic investment at the beginning for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I think prices for classes have only gone up. So it's, that's another thing that's like, oh my gosh. But the, the community and the friendships and stuff that I've priceless from that initial, genuinely priceless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it like gave me a, a new life with like discovering all these people that I had all this stuff in common with that meanwhile I was like so lonely and couldn't find anywhere to like get a foothold so that's one of the like invaluable things that comes from pursuing a hobby or a passion so and that's then, yeah, that's what I did yeah. during for disc golf I it was during the pandemic and I was like what can I do and it's like I can go throw these frisbees around and then weird guys in the woods right and then something that was your weird guys <laughs> and be, you know it had being able to see the same people you know there was week after week and there are discs i'm just as bad as disc golf as i'm in real golf so yeah. <laughs> not like i was good at it i think but something the that community is a lot, yeah. yeah no the community is is important i that was another thing i was thinking about it was like i guess going to like fitness classes would be a hobby of mine 
Um, but like I was saying, they have the, the free yoga at the library, which I've yet to try, but I think that comes along with that, like, yeah, that community. It's like, I don't do it. I could do the same thing in my house with a YouTube video, but I like going and like feeding off other people and doing that kind of thing. But again, it comes down to like, what is the value of that for me? Is it worth $25? Sometimes it is. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I can't swing it right now. I'll do the at home, you know, yoga on my phone. That's fine too. But um, it's valuing the experience or whatever it is. And then also looking at what you can afford and being realistic with that. But I think something that's important that we kind of have touched on is taking the time, not just to look and do the research on like what you're actually spending, but to think about, is this something that I'm just interested in at this moment or something that I see myself being interested in for a long time? And we don't always know. I mean, I think we've all gone in and out of things that we liked or served us at a certain point in our lives, which is fine. Um, but does this really seem like something I'm going to be long-term interested in? And like you're, you were saying, Dan, I'm against you buying a camera. Cause like, I don't see that as being something that you're going to be long-term interested in. I just don't. <laughs> I, 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 I disagree. I can, speaking of the library, I think you can rent equipment from most oh, libraries, ooh, but I you could, you could, um, try on a hobby for a little bit. Um, you see that Dan? I, yeah, I was thinking the school, Speaking. I might be able to rent from the school. Yeah. Right, yeah. Cool. But I oh, yeah, think there the library. Stuff, yeah, yeah. the library, there's definitely stuff like that. That's interesting. Well, it's kind of, I mean, kind of to tie it to your um, fitness class hobby, mm-hmm. most places, most gyms, or even like, um, for example, like with improv, you can also try to like um, audit a class. You mm-hmm. can, a lot of, most gyms will offer you like the first session for free or something. And of course it's a sales tactic. They're trying to hook you, but you can also take that opportunity to see like, is this something that I realistically see myself committing to? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm always, I'm a big fan of the test drive and in whatever way you're able to do it. Um, that's really the only way you're going to know. Um, and it's better to do it before you've committed to a whole lifestyle or like bought into a whole lifestyle that you're not going to be able to commit to. Yeah, absolutely. I, a lot of gyms in the Boston area do like $30 for 30 days, which is great because you really do get a pretty significant opportunity to go and try like a bunch of different classes or like go quite a few times. And if you don't do it enough in 30 days, then you know, you're not going to do it long-term so that's such a good point that's a good way to to test it whatever it is but generally I feel like every gym I've ever been to has some sort of introductory special whether it's you know one free class or a week trial and it's helpful although I have never after doing a $30 for the 30 days I'm like hated by every gym in Boston because I've done it everywhere they offer it and I never sign up I mean, your hobby could be free trials <laughs> or that, reduced cost trials. <laughs> that's that's my hobby. That's a good one. Also kind of a good way to try out a bunch of different stuff. I did that, especially when I first moved to Boston and I was like pretty broke. I was I was on every free trial necessary. One of the girls that I work with at Sephora, um, 
loves to download an app and delete it the same day just to get whatever deal mm-hmm. there is that day. So she's tried like every restaurant in our in the area of our Sephora for 50% off at least once because of an app. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I really respect her commitment to it because I cannot be bothered, right. but I probably could have saved a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, just, you know, that one extra step, take that little extra time to do the work or the research. I say this with online shopping, like take the minute to search for the coupon because that minute of searching for the coupon helps you decide if you really want it or if you were just impulse buying because it's one click, whatever. Yeah, and uh, it's always okay to just give things a ride around the store or to just like hold things in your cart. You can catch and release, that's fine too. That reminds Sometimes me just of, like putting it in the cart is all you want, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that reminds me of the uh, the video of the guy trying on shoes and he's like running in the store and then the, the guy selling him shoes thinks he's running away. Oh, he was like, he was just, he's running just like, the like a little the kid. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I miss those days when your mom would like, like, all right, go run down the aisle, see if they work. <laughs> you mean you still don't do that? I still do that a little bit. You just want to know. Like, you want to make sure you can run in them a little bit. You never know. Like some some athletic hopping. Yeah. To see, okay, yeah, these feel good. These are buoyant. Great. Yeah. <laughs> these are on my feet. Good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. I think we kind of touched on a lot of things that I was thinking about. Any other thoughts? Thanks, Dad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would be thanking him. I'm not. <laughs> I like all my hobbies. I think I think they're valid. Like I wouldn't want not want to do. I'm glad I do all these things and try different things that kind of makes who I am. And like I'm, I'm glad I spend money and have the ability to do so. Yeah. Um, rather than just you know, eat, sleep, work, repeat. Yeah, and that's the important thing. It's like as long as you. But I can do it within my means. Right. As long as you do it within your means, you value the cost that you're spending. You feel like the cost you're spending on it is worth the value of whatever you're getting back from it. And it's not putting you in a position where you can't afford the other things that you want to do or need to do, like paying your rent or buying food. Um, It's important to have stuff that you're excited about. Yeah, I think Definitely with all that in mind, don't be afraid to take a chance on yourself or on trying something new. Take There's a chance no shame on in... me. Take yeah. a chance to get your chance. <laughs> Just like that. And um, you'll, you know, you could end up finding something that brings enormous value to your life. Um, and I think every, every person deserves to have that. You yeah. know, that thing that you like look forward to, the thing that relaxes you whatever it is we all deserve to have that thing um and there's ways to make it happen for yourself you just have to be proactive um which is hard can can be hard but you're worth it let's do it (laughs) yeah yeah it's that's a good point and if you're gonna take a leap of faith on something try to do something that's not a big financial investment unless you're you have it like just sitting around, but try things that are, or try to find things that you can try out or do cheaply at the beginning and then decide if it's worth that investment. I don't think that's a bad way to go about it. Um, Yeah, especially if you are taking a big chance and it's something you don't know if you're gonna like. 
like when I tried rowing I didn't really like it I was really bad at it that was kind of a big financial investment as well but anyways (laughs) um it was also fun and I met a lot of people and it was so far out of my comfort zone and scary that in hindsight I'm like you know what I'm glad I did that when it was twice a week and I was really terrible at it and almost getting ejected from the boat every time ejector crab I was considering maybe it wasn't a good idea but but in hindsight I'm like you know what that was fun (laughs) so you never know all well that ends well yeah Mm -hmm. I survived survive in advance that's it all right well thank you both for chatting with me today Uh, and I hope someone got something out of this I don't know I think we gave some advice maybe we just talked about ourselves which we're all pretty good at (laughs) um Bianca why don't you plug your um we didn't really get into your embroidery that much but please plug your Instagram you can follow me at embroidered by Bianca Donk. That's embroidered underscore by underscore Bianca Donk. Um, B-I-A-N-K-A-D-O-N-K. And um, you can also find me at Bianca Donk on Instagram where I do some of my comedy stuff and um, play with a lot of the makeup that I get for free and or buy. <laughs> and if you're in the Boston area, you're at Improv Asylum. Yeah, I'm at Improv Asylum on Wednesdays and Sundays. You can come catch a show and we'll just have a good time together. <laughs> yeah, low-key local celebrity over here. <laughs> Mild. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure you've you rate, review, and subscribe, and that you're following us on Instagram at Educated Spending.